The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. This morning, we are speaking with Gail Larson, who is the founder of Real Speaking. She's a communications coach, speaker, and workshop leader herself, and most recently, the author of Transformational Speaking, If You Want to Change the World, Tell a Better Story. Welcome to the show, Gail. Thank you, Cheryl. It's so nice to have you here. Well, I'm delighted. I appreciate it. So where are you this morning? I am on Whidbey Island, Washington, looking at foggy skies and rain. It's supposed to get better this week, but I bet it's better for you already. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what happens in San Francisco, California, you know, on the west coast of the United States. We are very lucky to have um, pretty special weather here. I'll be teaching in Nevada City in a couple of weeks, so I look forward to it. I saw that, and that's such a beautiful area, you know, in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada mountains. It's just Mm -hmm. fantastic, yeah. Well, thanks again, Gail, for being here this morning. And we're going to speak about, uh, we're going to speak, isn't that wonderful? You you get to tell me about speaking. I love this. (laughs) (laughs) This is so wonderful. Um, So this morning, I really want us to talk about your principles, um, a lot of which show up in your book, and also how you got to this place, you know, what got you interested in this and kind of your path along the way so that people can really get insight into who you are and um, how you inspire others. So let's start with um, the whole concept of transformational speaking. How would you define that? I, I define it as speaking that really makes a difference in people's lives. It can transform what happens with the listener or the audience, meaning they see something in a new way or they are inspired to act in a new way and therefore things change. It's interesting to me that I titled this book when I was writing it a few years ago before transformational became such a big word, especially with Obama's speaking. But it is to me not just the blah, 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 blah speaking, where we get some good information maybe and we write it down and think we'll look at it later, but something that touches us emotionally in the moment enough so that we'll do something different and take a different action. Mm -hmm. Well, and it seems that President Obama has that capacity. Well, I don't think he would, we would even have known who he was had he not spoken at the Democratic National Convention four and a half years ago and inspired people in such a profound way. 
I'd never heard of him before then. Had you? No, I had not either. I know. It's pretty fascinating how quickly he captured the attention and the imagination. You know, I think there's something different between capturing attention and capturing imagination. Absolutely, because people can stand up and make a big splash. And I think it can be something like a rock concert where we get all revved up and in a fervor, and the next day maybe we're humming a bar or something. Mm. But we don't really think about it much beyond that. So a transformational speaker does sort of find a way into our heart and soul Mm -hmm. so that something changes. And the fact that this made Barack Obama, that capacity led him to the presidency, really speaks to the power when one has the capacity to do that. Absolutely. So, Gail, tell us a bit about where this interest developed in you. I mean, this must have started pretty early on in your life. Well, I've always been interested in having people step into their magnificence. I laugh at it now because I look at all the things in my life that felt like quite a departure from any type of mainstream career. But yet I look at it now and how they all came together to create this. I love that. When we get old enough, we can look back and say, ah, (laughs) that's what was going on. I was a young career woman in Nashville, Tennessee, and left my job as employment manager at Vanderbilt University and Medical Center and started an employment agency. And it was a time when affirmative action was really coming to the forefront. I designed and produced a Tennessee Women's Career Convention, Mm. and 4,000 women came. A hundred companies were there trying to find them, find the right women for jobs. And more people were hired in that weekend than I'd placed in two years through my agency. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was amazing. And plus, it was big news. It was funny, Cheryl. I had this public service announcement on the news every morning, and I said, do you want to dig a ditch, strike it rich, or satisfy an itch? Then come to the Tennessee Women's Career Convention and learn everything going on in the world of work. (laughs) We had to do 17 takes for me to say that. (laughs) And my first speech was to these 4,000 women introducing the governor, Lamar Alexander, and I was terrified. So that was the first speech you'd ever given? Yes. Can you imagine? Wow. It was the first one, and I was so excited about what was happening, but my work was about putting everyone else forward and creating the experience for others. It's taken me years to be comfortable as a speaker myself. Interesting. But because of that, I was awarded the SBA Tennessee Small Business Man of the Year Award. (laughs) They later changed it to person, thankfully. And I had to speak. People were curious. So I joined the Worldwide Association for Speakers. It's called National Speakers Association. And got totally blown away by the power of the spoken word and what a speaker can do. I ended up selling my business in Nashville, moving to Arizona, 
when I was hired as the first full-time executive vice president of NSA. And I wasn't there to speak. I was there to run a professional organization, but I had a front-row seat to see what was going on. And no matter how much people would teach about speaking, what I noticed was that the best speakers were originals. They didn't follow the rules. Mm. And later, I mean, this is two decades later or more, 25 years later, I look back and say, oh, that was the seed of this to recognize that there's something that some people do that makes them stand out and it's based on who they are Mm -hmm. and not trying to follow the rules. So it's really the way this has evolved for me over the years to teach a liberating way of speaking that feels natural to someone so that we really will step out and, and talk about what we most care about rather than shrinking from it and the times now are demanding this. Boy, that's for sure. You know, as I'm listening to you, it's sounding to me like you were actually not taking the typical path. You were not following the rules, but you were following your own intuition a whole lot in this process. And I don't think I even knew the word intuition mm-hmm. back then. But I, I had the benefit of being the daughter of an entrepreneur who tried many different things. And so I think it was just part of my DNA. Follow what you love. Plus, Cheryl, I was raised to be married and have children and not have a career. Yeah. So I never had this pressure of someone expecting anything of me. And frankly, everything I've accomplished has always just been a nice surprise. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so delightful. That's so it is. <laughs> so do you think that today, um, you know, speaking specifically about women, do you think that the pressure for women to be able to perform and inspire and produce being so much higher, do you think the pressure um, is really different for women today than it was for you? Well, if there's that expectation, absolutely. I mean, the pressure on me back then was, why aren't you staying with your husband and having the prescribed number of children? Right, right. So that's where I felt the lack. Oh, my goodness, I failed. Yeah. You know, so that's been a big one for me to work through in my life because my expectations were so different. So I think women now who have the expectation of being successful in in careers and maybe delay the marriage and the children, have more pressure on the career front. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm wondering about um, the expectations these days, given our new standard with our new president. Um, do you think that people are... Um, expecting more of themselves in their abilities to translate a vision or share a story? Do you think that um, this is somehow impacting our expectations? Well, I think it's the best time ever for our voices to be heard. First of all, we have a president who's asking to hear from us. But secondly, the planetary crisis is so extreme that I trust that each of us holds a strand of that web of life and that based on what we love and maybe even probably what breaks our heart, Cheryl, Mm -hmm. 
is where we are called to serve. And if we can find our voice around that and put forth and, and put into action the, the peace that calls to us, I think it's the only way to mend this fragile web. Mm. So to me, the pressure is huge because if we don't do it and we rely on someone else's leadership, we're going to be lost. We are lost. And I think President Obama's call for people to contribute ideas and to make this a presidency that's that with internal workings that call forward people with different points of views and values is an opportunity that we haven't seen in a very long time. It sure feels that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. Um, before we go to break, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the differences. Be, we have one minute. <laughs> the differences okay. between um, George Bush and Barack Obama in terms of their delivery. And besides the obvious, the obvious is you know we love watching Barack and he's you know um, engaging. But if you really kind of go deeper, what would you say about those two guys? I would say that they come from very different orientations, that Bush's orientation was about success and control almost at any cost is how it felt to me, and that um, Barack Obama is about building relationships, finding solutions together, and not even telling us he can do it alone. Right, right. Boy, that sums it up really well. Well, we have more to talk about with Gail Larson when we come right back. From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing the Journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcasting every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we're speaking with Gail Larson this morning, author of Transformational Speaking. If you want to change the world, tell a better story. That's a great title, Gail. Um, So let's talk a bit about some of the principles 
of transformational speaking. You you identify some what I call some assumptions around speaking. You call principles. Can you talk a bit about those? Well, they're definitely the ones that I've seen emerge in working with my clients over time that I think get us beyond or beneath the technique that and structure that so many people are trained that good speaking is based on. Mm. So I'm looking at what underlies that. And frankly, much of it came from my study over the years of indigenous cultures and their belief systems, as well as my own spiritual journey. And I've been greatly influenced by the work of Angelus Arian, with whom I studied for about 10 or 12 years. What a gift. So the first one definitely comes from my work with Angelus. It says, you are an original, nowhere else duplicated. And as I said earlier, I saw early in my career that the best speakers were originals. They did it their way. But this goes back to an indigenous teaching that we all come into the world with our own gifts and talents that are nowhere else duplicated. Then, of course, we have our life journey, which gives us a unique perspective. And the teaching goes on to say, if we don't bring forward our original medicine, which is what it's called, it is lost to the world for all time. That becomes so inspiring to people that when one of the first things I do in working with people is help them put words to their original medicine. Because when we stand in the power of that, and it's often silent, it's often things we would never say about ourselves publicly, but it makes us realize that we are called to stand in the power of that, and it keeps us from shrinking back out of fear or nervousness. So the first one is, you're an original. No one else like you. Well, you know, and I, I hear you say that, and I think to myself about how so much of our society is about conforming, and so much of our society is about fitting in. And so it's seems like people, kids in general, would shy away from being that original self. I think we do. We spend the first half of our life, I think, trying to fit in, and then as speakers and as leaders, we want to stand out. Mm. And But I, I had a wake-up call on that, Cheryl. I was speaking at a women in communications meeting, and someone from a jobs program in Albuquerque brought 12 women, young women, who had children as teenagers and were trying to get into the workforce. And they listened to my luncheon presentation, and they asked their the person who brought them if the jobs program could invest in their coming to a two-hour workshop I was doing on story power. And then they wanted their picture taken with me, and I said, what's going on with you all? You know, what is it that's so exciting to you about this? And they said, if only we'd known this sooner. Oh, wow. And I just had an endorsement from Jose Stevens that said, transformational speaking isn't about just speaking, it's about how we live our lives, and it should be in every high school. So I I see with my friends who have children 
a whole different orientation to understanding their gifts. And yes, they're in, you know, less traditional uh, education systems that are calling that forward and allowing them to be creative. But I do see a much greater understanding now that if we start earlier with this, we're going to get a lot more creativity out of today's young people. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. And I would love to see that in every high school. That would be fantastic. It would. I mean, what's it like to, rather than trying to make a statement based on the latest thing you do to a body part, for example, Mm -hmm. to say, okay, this generation is different, to get beneath this um, acting out to what really wants to be expressed through us, and I do see that with a lot of young people. It's very inspiring. You know, um, I, I do want to continue with getting into more of these principles, but one more thing about this with the young people is it seems like this upcoming generation is very connected to making a difference in the world. They seem to be looking at, you know, what's going to matter. And so this work seems like it would fit very importantly into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, we had an intergenerational dialogue at Hollyhock in British Columbia a few years ago, and one of the young people just said, you know, look at the world you left us. And, you know, it wasn't very responsible. So they're feeling this um, this pressure You can't deny it like our generation did. It wasn't front-page news every day. But someone went back and said, and don't neglect what your generation is doing to increase the challenge because look at what's happening with disposal of computers and cell phones being shipped and having these dumps all over the world. So each generation, even with its possibility, also with the, with however we choose to live our lives, is adding to the problem. We all have our footprint. It's how do we get conscious about it and minimize it. Right, right. So tell us some more about these principles. Well, the second one is you are a hero on a journey, and your journey defines your message. And that goes straight to the work of Joseph Campbell that, was brought to light so beautifully with Bill Moyers on the hero's journey. You know, we think there's, we like to think early on in life before that whole belief system gets interrupted that we can set a path and go out and it's all going to happen according to plan. Ha! (laughs) But it's usually those interruptions that create the challenges and where we have to dig deep to find what it is that we can bring to creating a solution Mm -hmm. that gives us something to say to others. People aren't too interested in a recitation of facts that they can now get easily on the Internet. Mm -hmm. So our own life experience and a story well told becomes not a personal assessment or heroic journey just for oneself, But the challenges we face are pretty universal. Mm. And when that can be applied to an audience so that they see themselves in that story, that really is where our deepest message will come from. Mm. So that leads to the 
very much the third principle. The world we experience, both personal and planetary, reflects and expresses who we are individually and collectively. Yeah, it's very much the as within, so without, or as above, so below, Mm. that it is just an example of how, you know, our collect, what our collective thinking creates. Mm. About three months before the election, we were talking about, in a class, models of change and how things happen energetically. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I got goosebumps and I said, oh my gosh, the United States isn't going to elect Obama. <laughs> we're going to elect him in no matter what, because there's this energetic mm-hmm. across the globe that wants to see this change happen. And we're going to elect him in spite of ourselves. That's great. <laughs> there <laughs> was a, a powerful force. It was it pretty... It was. Yeah. It was like that. We'd see the polls that if the whole world were voting, what, he'd have 96% of the electoral votes? Sure. And it struck me when you really start understanding the the energetic behind change, Mm -hmm. when a lot of people are holding a possibility, it causes us to rise to a new possibility. Well, which very much um, fits with your fifth principle uh, around authentic power. Uh, You say, use your authentic power with those who can hear you rather than the force of argument with those who can't. Absolutely. I mean, that not that, Cheryl, the thing that takes the pressure off? Oh, and you yeah. realize energetically that if we can hang out with kindreds and build our own energetic field to one that's positive and joyful, that that has so much more power in the world than trying to stretch and convince mm-hmm. people. Um, it's a breath of fresh air. Plus, we get to hang out with wonderful people. Well, and and yet, you know, the phrase, oh, I'm speaking to the choir, kind of discounts, you know, what it is people say. It's like, well, if I'm just talking to people who agree with me, then it doesn't count. You know, what do you say about that? I'm not sure. I think they agree with us, but because of our original medicine, we're putting a perspective and a possibility in front of them that they may not have considered that can move them into action. For example, in my real speaking classes, and I work with just six people at a time, I am so blown away by who shows up. And there's a resonance. So maybe I'm speaking to the choir in terms of shared values and what we'd like to see happen in the world, but everyone has their own unique expression. Right. And it's so often that I see in classes people that I want to do business with so when we're able to be with people who raise our own vibration and find what piece of their medicine helps us express in a different way and act in a new way, things do change. Mm. And you talk about our need to be personally sustainable. Talk about that. <laughs> well, I, a few years ago I was talking about self-care, and I realized self-care was just another thing on my to-do list. And I brought together some, we had a reunion of of people who'd come to Real Speaking just to hang out and listen to what, it was around the new year, two years ago, and I was getting all these emails about the secret being applied to creating 
abundance based on what kind of car we were driving or how much money in the bank. And I thought, this is such a tough societal message. What if we at least allowed our inner wisdom to inform us as much as the outer world? And so I called together a group for a weekend just to explore this. And I went into it exhausted, as I often can do in my life. And we were exploring what I called luscious language that would make what we cared about much more alive in our lives. So self-care to me became extreme cherishment of my precious, worthy self. (laughs) And I thought I could never say that without sounding like the little kid inside me that needs to be cared for. That's beautiful. Because, you know, we think when there's so little time and so much to do that we can't stop and care for ourselves. But yet, if we're always running through life and not giving ourselves the downtime to restore and renew, we're not able to show up Mm -hmm. in the best possible way when people want to hear from us. Right, right. I think we've all had that experience. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have much more to talk about with Gail Larson when we come back after this break. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On The Economy and the Markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Markets with Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The economy and the markets. Clear thoughts in a complex world. The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Our special guest today is Gail Larson, founder of Real Speaking and author of Transformational Speaking, If You Want to Change the World, Tell a Better Story. So in the book, Gail, 
you have this such so well designed. The book is so beautiful and so well designed, and so easy to absorb. Um, you you break this into three components: the heart of transformational speaking, the art of transformational speaking, and the energetics of transformational speaking. So tell us about the heart. That was the interesting thing about writing a book that I hoped could duplicate the deep work of the Real Speaking program for those who may never have the opportunity to come. Mm -hmm. And I realized that we can't even get into the art of speaking until we've experienced the heart of it. And that's the heart that gets us current with our own life journey and what wants to be said through us right now, that makes a difference to us and to the world. So that whole process of how we move into our own heart before we move out and say anything is making that as experiential as possible in a book was a bit of a stretch. But I'm hearing, even when people come to classes, they've done a lot of the exercises in order to experience that part of themselves because they want to show up. Mm-hmm. When I studied with Angelus Arian, she'd often say, we have to get out of the jet lag of our life and catch up to who we've become. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Sounds like <And> Angelus. <laughs> it's a good one, isn't it? And then um, I've also heard it said that if we already knew it, it would not be creation but dictation. Hmm. So often we come to speaking. That was from Gertrude Stein, speaking to a writer. But it's the same in speaking. If we come to it thinking it's already there, it's not the new that wants to emerge. And to allow ourselves the process where we see who we've become, what wants to emerge in the moment, and to get so grounded in our original medicine, in our journey, in our core message, that we give ourselves the flexibility to keep showing up in an authentic way is the foundation. So that's the art. And once we're clear about those things, that's the heart, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And once we're clear about the the heart, only then can we move to the art. Mm -hmm. To me, the foundational art is learning to speak not from a comfort zone, but what I call the home zone. Hmm. Comfort zone is facts and information. Here you've got it, nice little examples. And it comes together nicely, but it's not memorable. And why would we put ourselves through the agony it takes for some of us to get up and speak if it wasn't going to be memorable. <laughs> right, right. So having, so home well, uh, Let me interrupt you for a minute because I have an issue with PowerPoint. And PowerPoint is filled with facts and data and information and people are bored stiff, and yet that's what speaking has become. Well, we're, at least now when people are paying speakers, it's become known in the meetings industry as death by PowerPoint. Yeah, right. And it can be the example of a mediocre speaker. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting thing. I think PowerPoint is used only if it can enhance rather than replace your words. Mm. Some people can use it well. 
Um, but I haven't seen it used well very often. Yeah, yeah. So, so because when I think about the issue of the concept of PowerPoint, how that became, you know, um, all the the way it became the standard by especially in corporate work um, where if you didn't have PowerPoint slides, you weren't legitimate in some way. And um, and these presentations would be so packaged, it didn't matter who people were standing in front of. They were <laughs> telling the same thing. They were saying the same thing, you know, time after time. And, um, you know, I, it just seems to me that it, it really um, diluted the power of the connection, right, the potential connection between people. Yeah, because we don't connect with people based on information. Mm. Um, I love David White's short little poem where he says, this is not the age of information. These are the days of loaves and fishes. People are hungry, and one good word is bread for a thousand. Mm. So the good word isn't held in a PowerPoint slide. It's something that comes from the core of who we are and through speaking from our home zone has the opportunity to touch someone emotionally Hmm. because information isn't enough. And, you know, I think I was pretty impressed the first time I saw PowerPoint. Yeah. I thought, boy, I'm going to get a good handout to take home. And I had, when I moved last year from Santa Fe to Whidbey Island, I finally threw out the file cabinet of notes from presentations that I have never referred back to. Yeah, yeah. We don't have time, you know. We hit the ground running anytime we go to a conference. We come back to backed up work. And if we remember anything, it's only because it touched our hearts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really true. I think about a conference that you and I uh, attended and we were both speakers at uh, about a year ago in Santa Fe, the um, Consciousness in Business Conference. And um, the speaker, the keynote speakers there um, were pretty powerful. And I remember that um, one in particular, whose name I'm completely blanking on now, Bill, he was the last day. He was the man who was from um, the East Coast, mm. from Pittsburgh. And um, his story about how he had started this organization, and it was all about helping at-risk youth, and his whole story was so powerful. And the room, you could have heard a pin drop the entire time, and when it was over, he got the most amazing standing ovation and when it, you know, finally, you know, the the clapping subsided, and he was trying to leave the stage. Everyone in the room sat down in their seat, and you know that was unusual because it was time to just leave. It, and, and each day before, when there had been um, a speaker and they had received applause, at the end of the applause, everybody left the room because everybody's going to the next um, um, meeting, and. Everyone sat down in their seat, and again, the silence, you could have heard a pin drop. And I was so 
amazed at the sensation in my body and the feeling that I had and the sense of connection that was that we all experienced there and you know it um that is an example of how he so touched us now, you were there right you saw I that? was there and you know the other thing Cheryl is he did use visuals yeah he did you're but right if i were to say what bill's core message was it was that people who are disadvantaged and have lived without will respond to beauty mm. and everything they did in their centers and the work that they did was to bring people into beautiful gardens and fountains and the best that was available so they could rise to <clears throat> embracing that and seeing it as possible. Bill Strickland. It just Strickland, yes, yeah, thank you. Yes. But what he did with his PowerPoint was he showed us the pictures. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to work or go to school in the buildings that he showed us? Right. And it was talk about a shape-shifting of, you know, it's not good enough just to have a building. People respond to beauty, that there's mm-hmm. something in us that rises up and says yes to a new possibility mm-hmm. when we're treated well, especially when it hasn't been part of the culture. It was very memorable. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people stayed there, too, because they were holding their seats. He was doing a breakout <laughs> session after <laughs> that, true. and they weren't going to go anywhere. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, and it makes me um, think about your sense of how the speaker needs to connect with the audience. He was so passionate. It was so real from him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we, uh, that's the whole point, though. Until we connect deeply with ourselves and with our own story, and until it moves us emotionally, how's it going to move anyone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'd like you to talk a bit about um, what happens when people don't know what their story is. So, we'll be right back. Okay. The Bottom Line in Business. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business. The Bottom Line in Business, Voice America Business. 
We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back to Leading Conversations. We're speaking with Gail Larson today, author of Transformational Speaking. If you want to change the world, tell a better story. So, Gail, we were talking about the three areas, um, the three components you've, you've divided this whole process into of transformational speaking. And the heart and the art of transformational speaking we were talking about and I want to go back a little bit to the heart because you talked about that's where you honor your original medicine, you know, the story that is in you. And you you use the phrase often, um, stories that have found you. And so that comes from inside. Now, I hear people a lot um, in their life say things like, well, if I knew what I was passionate about, I'd be doing it, or... You know, I don't know what I would say if somebody asked me to speak. Um, you're right. Who's, you know, I guess somebody has a fascinating story, but that wouldn't be my life. So how do you get people to the place where they can touch and access that story in themselves? You know, as you say that, Cheryl, I started thinking about Charles Kuralt on his Sunday morning mm. Everything that so fascinated us in that was normal people with normal stories around the country. So just for people who don't know, Charles Kuralt was a CBS journalist, who, um, a broadcasting journalist, who had this program on Sunday mornings. And his, um, his job was to travel around the U.S. to just meet ordinary people and tell their story. And it was one of the most popular shows ever Yeah. in terms of people just being interested in normal people. But, you know, we normal people have challenges. There's just so much heroic um, possibility in anyone's life. But we think it has to be some big headline-making news mm. for it to be a good story. No. <laughs> A good story is about the ordinary struggles of life. We can see someone who conquered Mount Everest Mm -hmm. or someone who goes to the moon, and we're going to say, isn't that great for them? We're not likely going to be doing that. Mm. But what happens when a person who looks and sort of has the similar aspirations to you tells you about how they overcame something in their own life that's believable to you so that you can feel that same aspect of your own journey and step up to it with more strength. Hmm. So these stories can come from turning points in our lives, what started that new trajectory that changed everything. So I have a lot of respect for people who don't know what where their passion is, because we go through these periods where the new what's next is incubating. We don't stand still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if we can say, what do I love? What brings me alive? David White again, anything or anyone that does not bring you fully alive is too small for you. (laughs) You know, I think it's as simple sometimes as, as doing a collage to say, what calls to me now? And then... You can tell the story of that and see what comes out Hmm. because anything that sort of jumpstarts our imagination and gets us thinking in a creative way can lead to a story. 
that will matter to other people. Hmm. And it is something that we've overcome. You know, the story of being stuck isn't that exciting, and we've all been there. But because we've all been there, the process and the insight that led to getting unstuck Mm. is the magic of the story. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants to know that. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good point. So the third component uh, of the book is you call the energetics. Talk about that. This was the stretch on the book for me, but I was starting to work with energy work and the subtle energy fields that affect every interaction and everything that happens in our lives. And clearly, every time we move into an audience, there's an unseen dynamic that affects everything. And what I wanted to do was to create an awareness of that, first in terms of our own responsibility to protect ourselves and to clear our energy so that we can be present with people and let our best gifts flow through us. So that was that was my um, that was my new edge in terms of putting something out. But I think it's fundamental to speaking hmm. that we understand that there, we've seen it happen. It's like what you were talking with Bill Strickland. What was the energetic there that allowed everyone to be in that place of right. silence, where you could hear the pin drop? But we also have the energetic of sometimes there's resistance. Hmm. And how do we manage that in a way that we can stay centered? So imagine that in yourself. Do you ever have that experience when you have agreed to do a speaking engagement and you find yourself after you've made the agreement and now you're you've you're ready to go, you've committed, you find yourself developing some internal resistance? That's actually why I wrote my book. Our mutual friend, Runa Baus, when I I had agreed to give a a presentation to a group that I knew wasn't my group. Hmm. I knew I was going to have to not show up fully as myself. And when we start editing and rehearsing ourselves into oblivion, we're hardly going to show up as our best. So I was agonizing, and when I agonized, Cheryl, it is not silent. <laughs> I was out there, and Runa said to me, what if instead of taking speaking engagements that didn't bring you alive, you wrote the book you're meant to write? Mm. And that stayed with me. Because I don't think there's anything more damaging to ourselves than to go into something we don't want to do, just want to get it over with, it's not going to make a difference for anyone. The best thing it does is it points us in the direction of where we do want to show up. Hmm. And my life has changed dramatically since I made the choice of I'm going to show up with change makers, no matter what walk of life, whether it's the environment, whether it's healing, whether it's life coaches, whether it's authors, where I see the power of the work. Now, that's fun to coach people into their magnificence knowing that every time they speak, something can happen. That's beautiful. Yeah, and it took a while. You know, we sort of wander around in the wilderness saying, where do I fit? But And I have found that some my worst experiences put me on the path to to 
to having my best experience now with where I work. Mm. So in in professional speaking, they used to say, if you lay an egg, step back and admire it. (laughs) (laughs) So if we can admire it, we can say, what was the learning from that crappy experience? I don't want to have that happen again. That's great. And it can point us in the right direction. I love that. That's great. I'm thinking back to moments in my life when I wish I had known that phrase. (laughs) (laughs) It still takes a lot of of self-knowledge and capacity to rise to the occasion when we're laying an egg. Oh, yeah, but everybody has those moments. And and I think that, you know, um, part of, as we talked about in the first segment, we talked about pressure on people, and I, I believe we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to show up perfectly, and um, what I find for the audience, and right, it's not pretty untouchable. Right. You can't learn from someone who looks like they're perfect. Right. That's them, not me, and all my imperfections. It's real. It's about being real. If you had um, one thing that you wanted to make sure people took away from this morning. What would it be? Well, I often say, be yourself, everyone else is taken. I like that. <laughs> then I heard someone is writing a book called that, so maybe I need to find a new way to say it. But it's trust yourself. Trust that there's something really important for you to communicate. And your life path is to keep bringing that forward because it matters. Mm. We need to hear from you. We need for you to say what you love and stand up for it so we can heal our fragmented world. Hmm. Well, this is the time to make that happen, for sure. You know, there's a lot of opportunity, I believe, showing up in the world, and you know, it seems like people are up to this. It seems like we have what it takes. Well, no kidding, Cheryl. When everything else falls apart and you can't rely on old structures and strategy... Mm-hmm. It is about our voices bringing forth that new possibility. Right. I am so excited about the times we're in. Oh, me too. Gail, I know people have um, only gotten a taste of you this morning and will want to know more, and so how can they reach you and learn more about you? My website is realspeaking.net. You can also link to that through transformationalspeaking.com which, of course, is the book title. And my telephone number is 360-730-1707. But I think people probably like the easiest website, which is realspeaking.net. And the book is available at bookstores everywhere, um, both the book from 10Speed and the audio book from Brilliance Audio. Wonderful. Gail Larson, thank you for being with us today. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you, Cheryl. And remember, everyone, to think big, because the world could become a better place because of a conversation that matters. 
This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 